Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And there it is. Sutton United of the GM Foxhall Conference have put down first division City. Winners of the FA Cup themselves less than two years ago. What a moment to enjoy for the fans of this Surrey side. They've had their moments before, but never one like this. But the whistle goes down. Delight for Sutton United. Sutton United, the National League, are through to the last 16 of the FA Cup. No longer English football, perennial non-league club. A 123-year crescendo reaches a new for Sutton United, who are promoted to the Football League for the first time. Ooh, how'd you like the new intro? It's only draft at the moment, but I couldn't wait to share it with you guys. I've got someone working on it, make it a little bit better even. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. So best say hi, how are you? And welcome to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on Podcast, Sutton Podcast. Quite a long one this week, um, some good guests who were quite chatty, so you might want to do it in a couple of stages. But we have got Mark Frake and Bruce Elliott, the chairman, and a guy called Nigel Adley, who's a Tranmere fan. Hello, and my first guest this evening is uh, Mark Frake, who's a long-time Sutton fan and historian of the club. Um, obviously been busy at the moment, but before we get into that, Mark, if you wouldn't mind telling me, who are you? Uh, good evening, I'm uh, Mark Brake and I'm the uh, well, unofficial club historian. Uh, I've been watching something for uh, getting off for three years and you actually came up to. Um, that's about it really. <laughs> I don't know what else you want to know. If, most, if anyone bothered listening, listening to something for you, knows who I am. So, and I don't think anyone else cares that much. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, you're, you're, you're home and away support um yeah, you've been, yeah, yeah. Yeah, been, been following many many years um we, we must be kind of encroaching now recently on your on your favorite memories of i, I think the anglo-italian cup was is up there but we must be getting close to being the current bunch being within the favorites well yeah i mean obviously 
the cup run from the uh, underdogs in recent times and then they've recovered you well and the other cup runs we've had. But I think winning the National League has to top everything, doesn't it, really? We, was, we, we, we weren't meant to win. Let's make it. We weren't meant to win that last season. And, uh, in the end, we did so because we deserved it. But, uh, I was fortunate because uh, of my duties that I performed uh, on that space last season. I was able to see all the home games. And uh, yeah, the privilege, basically, very lucky. Uh, to uh, some great games, even though there's no crowd and players and Yeah, and as we mentioned, you're the you keep saying the unofficial historian, but we don't have any other historian, so you're the, you're the historian. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> and... I don't have a club. I don't have a club title. Okay. <laughs> um, but... I'm not recognised. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on the um. I've done... They're still doing the Hall of Fame thing, aren't they? Or of that? Yeah, we do that. Uh, yeah. that, that, that that was postponed last year because because of, uh, of COVID. Mm-hmm. Although they did try and revive it for last season, but um, I must admit it's gone a bit on the bike, sort of on standby because of everything else that's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's been more important things yeah. to you know, <laughs> sort out at the moment. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to kind of briefly talk a bit about the start of this season and the reason I wanted yourself on is obviously with a club with 120 odd years of history, there's not really an awful lot to update every now and then you've mentioned the FA Cup run and we had a brilliant finish of third um, a season or so after that um, yeah. and it so those kind of things updated your records and then everything pretty much had to be updating records because for a short spell everything we did was the first of the first of the first yeah well it was uh, first league game first league goal first goal in the football uh, in 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 league cup uh, then our first away goal, our first away point, our first win, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. All very little bits uh, of history, really, but, you know, they all come in the first few weeks, as you would hope they would, you know, in the first season of the new cup. And that, so, I, I can't say I was sitting there racking them up. I just, <laughs> I just, I'm quite matter of fact about things, you know. I, I just recalled everything to, uh, on the Excel sheet that I've, you know, like years, 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 and uh, I just worry about things like that at the end of the season. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd like to pretend it because I'm, I'm, I'm very much. I made a conscious decision not to be like that with the football because I knew I'd get obsessed. Um, but lots of other stats, I am literally, literally pouring over them. So I, I did make a big decision about football to kind of go, no, let's, let's try and separate that from my OCD because I, I can't, I can't, I can't be getting into that because I would be really, really strange. I'll be able to say to you, right, that's the first time we scored the, in the 39th minute since. <laughs> but anyway, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so no, even I don't go. <laughs> I know, but that's why I didn't do it. That's why I, was, I refused to let myself get like that. I, I think that's stuff really more for you analysts. Yeah, if I was starting on my football journey now, that's probably a route I would definitely go down to because I could be involved in football because <laughs> that kind of stuff I'm good at. But <laughs> we, so obviously we went into the season with a bit of trepidation because um, we didn't know what was going on, going on. We, we already felt National League, we were kind of punching above our weight anyway. Um, and then suddenly it's a whole new level. But in those first few games, even though it didn't, go for us on results wise were you worried or were you kind of taken um, joy from the yeah, performances to be honest I didn't know what to expect from football. I mean at Barnet at the end of the last game last season which I am uh, I was at <laughs> I wasn't the only Southern fan there that day that was just there um, but um, Rob Milton was chatting to, uh, uh, to 
Sal, the uh, uh, SGS and mm-hmm. And he was, well, I was fancy at this time, to get a step up, uh, and actually going to expect uh, And that, he reckoned we feel right, and you know, I was looking over some of the on so I thought, yeah, I feel right. I mean, I know we didn't start result-wise brilliantly, but the performances were okay. It reminded me of when we had that run under Matt in the first time by COVID, when we couldn't buy ourselves a point or anything, anything to go wrong, we make mistakes, bang, you know, we couldn't get anything right, and then we gradually managed to turn it around. I, I think the signing, low signing of Nick Fanning, or I reckon, played really well against us tonight, and uh, Louis John helped change that, uh, and suddenly we started picking up results and all that, so I wasn't that unduly worried with the performances of it, I just weren't getting the results, and eventually everything was coming together, and I think beating Carlisle was like a struggle. for um, silly things there was some game management which uh, they, they thankfully seem to have, have picked up quite quickly but against Oldham you could see the uh, almost realisation we're about to get our first win here and then panic kind of set in and they dropped back and we had those two goals in the last well last minute or two but yeah the, I, I was really strange going into the start of the season because it was the first time for a long long time that I was knowing we would be comfortable kind of normally I'm, I'm one of the very first to go no no 50 points 50 points 50 points um but this year i was like well we've kept bulk of the team we've improved it in places teams that have come down have tended to struggle and teams that went up tended not to um so much um so i kind of was fairly quietly confident but we had as you mentioned a nice good run we had um the, the old man dundo coming on to shore us up for our first win um for his his league debut which was obviously oh, lovely fantastic. yeah and I, I think Paul got his face just as he crossed the line and it was it was just a wonderful picture of his mm. face grinning from ear to ear it was like oh there's hope for us all yet <laughs> but there's no hope for me in but we um we've done all right I mean I think the only game that worried quite a few of us was the first sort of half hour or so of Swindon but even that, I know we lost it in the end, but even that kind of got turned around and they, they well, fought. Well, you know, you've got to give credit to winning. They came and they had a go, they scored two quality goals. And to me, that's one of the main differences level of quality. Like Rochdale was another one. You know, the first goal was an excellent take on uh, And uh, the winning goal was a great strike. Um, and that was not close the ball down for me. And it was cool with pace and hit it low as well. It was a really good strike on it. And, you know, you just come back to the men and now, we've not managed to see really, but I've got legs out there to back in back and that. They'd probably be fair to me if they didn't score. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be grudged to spell that because I think they were overall a better side over than they came down. But they, they didn't go for the jugular for me. And um, two new up, they probably had a couple of chances jugular. And then we got a goal back. So yeah. We realised it's brilliant to be, you know. But, Steve, but in the end, even though we lost, it's about we just to win that game. Uh, uh, we can still take a lot of sides, which is what I think, as well as obviously having one sort of character, never, never stop. They always kept going, or they could get something out of the game and, and, 
how many are. There's, there's a definite, um, obviously, I know only Sunday League, but there's a definite feeling of this, this the squad being being friends and rooting for each other. And that, that little bit of, I, I said it, I can't remember, I think it was Sarah I said it too, was you put in that extra effort because you don't want to be rinsed about it in training all week. So I know I know it sounds silly and childish. Well, but... no, you, you know, you might not be right, but that's players <laughs> playing, playing off each other's character, ability, yeah. skill. And also you've got a great credit to the management for, for maintaining that, that, that sort of level of, level of uh, team spirit, and get, you know, getting the right character as well as, as their abilities. Yeah. It, there's plenty of characters in that, in Bristol, uh, Rigsby, yeah, uh, Harry, Kenny Davies, you know. Yeah, there's a definite um, a touch of what Southgate did in the in the World Cup is after every game, you kind of noticed how Matt was talking about like when Ali came in and was keeping um, Harry out the side, he was mentioning Harry saying, oh my God, I've got this great player that I can't get into the team. And it was like, that's, yeah. that's really good management, knowing everyone is, is there as part of the team. And you you just can't see these any of these players having a strop that they're not in the starting 11. Obviously, everyone wants to be in the starting 11, but they, they understand it's a season, it's a it's a squad game, and they're all going to play their part in it at some point. Well, I, I mean, I think... They already have. We've obviously had probably COVID early on in the season that affected three or four players. And some of them were worse wear than others off. And uh, and they've had taken a while to get back to the level of fitness that COVID does. It attaches spiritual spiritual operations. But, uh, you know, it's got a lot of have use of their lungs, don't you, basically. Otherwise, you can't do what you want to do. I mean, you can't, if you can't break up, you can't do anything. Yeah, no, plus all. Um, so, uh, you know, they've had to come back from that. And, yeah, either way, that see on the team sheet you think oh why is, why is he playing it's well little... mate yeah yeah I mean on the uh, AFC the weird and wonderful room, <laughs> and, uh, but one of their guys has gone and you know we've just lost to something sitting you know, in everything and you know a real harsh sort of measurement if you like of our room you know it can be living players they probably walk into, into most other teams and uh, even in this division some of the teams might have and it might have and they're good players we've got a group of really good squad here and I don't think um, the football league side and the Wimbledon fan realise that. Now we don't win the national league by having a, having a you know a, a very ordinary average squad. <laughs> You've got to have good players, and we have. Yeah, it's 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 been several times mentioned hoofball, and it's okay. You 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 guys keep th- thinking that that's fine because if you want to plan for us playing hoofball, we'll um we'll play a different way. This thing about this thing about possession possession about 
you know, we've got one of the lowest possessions in the division. I think when we're going to have about six or seven to four, I think like, they might even more than that and cheat. do with it. They didn't yeah. do anything with it. I think they made one real chance, didn't they, for going to the Yeah, about we last were, ten, wasn't it? Next and next, they've been getting beat three, nil, three or four nil on Tuesday night. So, you know, how much possession you have up in a game only counts if you actually do something uh, with it uh, in, the atta- in, in the attacking end of the pitch. You know, so I, I'm quite, I'm quite happy with the way we're playing. Thank you. You know, yeah. we won the national league last season, playing a good mix of, of whether you, of long, long ball, of, of bringing uh, a big man up front, whether that's Omar or this season with the game, and he brings in other players in, holding on the ball up and everything, or flicking them onto whoever's above them, whether that be Donny or Tanto. Uh, you know. Toby's done it. Toby's done it as well for us uh, when he's come on and had a few games played in the season, and, and that. But we also can knock around a pass it, the whip as well. So you know, it's rubbish that we're <laughs> we're rude for. You know, it's a mixture. And I rather watch us than exactly just passing it all around yeah. all the time, getting nowhere with it or something. Well, well, I do. Yeah. I mean, there have been some sides that aren't swinging in the first half, not fall around really well. I think the best I've been, I know it's going to sound really odd, but Team that I was most was really impressed with Salford. They really knocked the ball around well up there, really quickly. I mean, they didn't do that against Dagger in the cup on the box on Monday night. I know they're missing about nine players, but they had a, they really knocked the ball around well up there, place. They just didn't have anyone out front putting that. We got a nil nil out of it, and we all get a foul as well. Really so, but I, I was impressed with. It. But I have to play like that. You no, know? there's more than one way of playing. But we've mentioned Tuesday night a couple of times, so if we we'll start there. O- overall. Um, how did you think of the, uh, the game went? Obviously, well, I, I don't know much about Wimbledon's current squad. I'll be honest. Uh, can, I, so... can I just tell you what I said? Because I, I did a little thing for the Gandamonium lot this week. Yeah, and, I yeah did you? <laughs> they had Nick and Goal and then some other players that I don't really care about. <laughs> so, much the same as yourself. Well, you might care, but I just didn't know any of them. I, I, I don't know how strong it was. I mean, if you go on their shirt numbers, none of them were like number four or anything like that. You know, and there's a lot of low numbers, but I don't know whether that means they're just being the captain, so that's where it doesn't mean too much. But, you know, they're a League One outfit, Portsmouth were a League One outfit. I know they had a, you know, they, they played a, a different set of players for what they might do in the league. Not all of it, but some of it, because you, you have to still pick so many players anyway, because you mm-hmm. can't just and that. So, you know, we've beaten two League uh, League One sides, and I don't care who they put out. In, in that, their squad should be stronger than ours because they're in higher and they've proved yeah. uh, and that on both occasions. I mean, Portsmouth game was up to Rabat, so it's got two goals in the better side. I, I'm not going to keep saying it anymore. We have got <laughs> make players put together the best squad of players this football club has ever had, without a doubt. And I've seen some outstanding football teams play for Sutton. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. But this squad of players is easily because they can adapt and play, they can pass. Uh, they're athletes, uh, they're competitors, they don't give up, they keep going. Well, going, you know, in a statement, I think, look, we're all well on the stage, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think that's about the only game they've lost in two months. I think they've lost them. Yeah, they've well. yeah, So, no. you know, yeah. no, it's, well, it's, it's, it's well managed. Yeah. They coach them well, they literally do what they imagine what they do. You know, you can't. No, you can't. You can't do anything but continue to praise them. And I think one of the, the things that Outstanding. I I am really surprised at the size of the crowds. Were. That, that is, yeah. I mean, I'm standing outside doing my car parking <coughs> for about three or four hours, and the field 
only interesting, obviously. Other things, I think someone a few more issues with the car park, uh, the uh, recreation ground he was set up, because it makes things bloody safer. But, um, uh, I normally do, that's my favourite one, because yeah. that's, that's right, that, that's perfect for me, because I used to hate having to walk all the way around through the park, yeah. and now, now I'm right there. I was, you know, I understand why why so many people are coming again the green lane. It would be nice if yeah. <laughs> what we need is uh, we, need, but... we need to get permission to put a club shop on Collingwood, on, on the wreck, <laughs> and then we can have a club shop there, and then everyone will <laughs> use the side entrance. I, I, I don't know how safe it would be. We've got CCTV in the car park, I don't Yeah. And what about the Hayes and Yedding match? What, what were your thoughts there? That was a totally different well, that, animal, wasn't that it? That was just, that was, it don't care how the, what the game was like, just win it. Because, I mean, I've, Arps on a better around the planet. I remember 1986, <laughs> and when we played, what was just the Edin Minim at that same venue, the same venue, except they built a bigger stand. It's the same ground, basically. Uh, used to be known as Warren. Exactly the same place. Someone reckon they've moved the bits about to Stunt. It's built in a stand. It was a really good stand, you see. Wish we had some seating like that, if we like that, something fantastic. Um, but yeah, I'm just glad that we won the game. Um, I thought we defended pretty well. They're not, they're not the full row, I can see why they're doing so on the league south side. They're not southern prem, and I think COVID was then uh, progressing a bit. If we're there, they, they would be playing our higher level. Yeah. But in it's... the end, it was a one piece of class finishes or something about the four finishes. I mean, that, it looked good at the time, and still on the TV, either. One, one of them, the third, the old school up, gets away from his man, rolls a perfect pass. But the first time hit, the cur- and the curl on it was that amount of pace on really, really. I mean, he doesn't score. He doesn't score loads of goals, but he won't mind. Absolutely standing. You know, he really doesn't score very, very good goals. Yeah, it was enough to win the game. That's what matters. Exactly. The conditions were difficult for that win. Uh, yeah, it t- took me by surprise that one. It was yeah. it was quite cold, and I was like, hang on, it's not supposed to be freezing. Like, um, but yeah, no, it was meant to be fourteen degrees. I think it was fourteen degrees, but but there was that, that coming straight in. But yeah, no, it was definitely a, a, a job done, and the draw we obviously have to just wait a little bit to see. Um, although yeah, apparently yeah. O- Oxford fans are fairly convinced we'll be playing Bristol Rovers, but we'll see if it's um, Oxford or Bristol Rovers away. Uh, I think it's just you know because it would be nice to get a home from them, obviously. But I... even that or Buxton away, and not because Buxton we're going to trash Buxton or anything, just be a nice place to go. <laughs> I, I I did wonder, and I, I, <laughs> this is a bit pipe dreamish and really greedy, but when we had the, the amazing run, we had I think almost every game at home. Um, I think I think yeah, I think it was the one away game was that incredible mad six three or something. Um, yeah. So I'm then looking at this, which one away again. I'm like, oh, I wonder, can we go on another lovely run and just have everything away this time instead? So um, we'll we'll see. But it, yeah. I mean... It's a funny thing for us, though, isn't it? We're, we're, we're kind of we used to be in the, the non-league underdogs, and we get a League Two side, and we're like, yeah, isn't it marvellous? Um, but now it's like, oh, we're kind of in this strange. Ugh, we just can't be really well, too excited about a second round. Um, I don't know about. I mean, no, it's, it probably isn't the same, to be honest. Uh, from non-league club, it's expected, and uh, league club, but it's still probably win. You know, it's money for winning the round, but more important, you know, picking up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything, you know, you could end up getting Arsenal away this time and yeah. up the side of us. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, we're a football league club, but still, you know, we, 
We're a non-league football league club. Have we really changed that much from last season? I know we've had to for certain reasons in terms of how match days go and and that because we have have to do things to the level that we require. Um, But I'd like to think we're the same football club as we were last season and the season before that and blah, blah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we are. Yeah, we just have to do things a little bit differently. You know, like the overnight space and the players and like that. You've got to do that to give yourself a chance. So what I'm going to just do there is while we're still talking about last week is I will ask you um, in a second, I'm thinking about it or running plans of your good, bad and ugly for the week. I suspect I know one of them, but um, I'll give me a couple seconds for your good, bad and ugly. Okay. Give us a good. The good, the uh, progressing statement of the FA Cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, give the it... bad... Uh, is the uh, unfortunate um, aspect to our crowd on tonight? Oh, well, I was going to, I was going to have that as ugly, but <laughs> well, I, I, well, you could, you could have that as ugly if, if you like. Yeah. I'd have that as the bad as well. Yeah, it doesn't reflect too well on the whole club when the referee had that spot. It was actually that one guy's intrusion. Now, it didn't look like to me he was going to be, it was going to be anything aggressive and all that. He ran on, and I don't know what we, what, what he was. Over to achieve. I think he did a uh, slide over in, well, the, in well, the penalty area. We went over to Nick Zanis first of all, and then I think someone shoved him away, and not a player actually, shoved him away, and then, and then he ran back towards where he came from to cut the slides, uh, and, then, and then jumped over the fence. Yeah. So maybe that was the ugly, and the bad was the fact that he was able to do it. Yeah, I mean, there were quite a few stewards there, but for my, my ugly was, as part of that wider thing, was Nick Obviously came over, gave a nice round of applause yeah. to us at the start of the first, uh, second half. Yeah. Um, well-liked player, well-respected player, did really, really well for us. And then people, they clearly didn't know anything about him because they didn't even know his name. Because at one point they were chanting, keeper, keeper, give us a wave. And it's like, he's got a name, you should know his name. And then worse than that. So, yeah. yeah that... we have a stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I just like Nick uh, realises that they, they weren't making a sure I'm sure he's not. I think I saw on social media someone had said that um, they were near there and they challenged some of the people saying it and it was absolutely clear that when they said you do know he used to play for us don't you and they just looked completely blankly yeah. at him so it's like ugh. obviously you alluded earlier bigger crowds is going to be all new people that haven't been before so there is going to be some of that but hopefully yeah. they'll they'll learn we've not had anything like that because, you know, I mean they probably it's cheap, wasn't it? I think it's pound for under. Yeah. 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 It was cheap. It was a localish match, so it was a bit of a chance to come and um, be the big men. But as you say, hopefully um, Nick realises everyone realises what's something. Um, obviously they can come again, but they might need to just chill out and learn our our, our way. Well, I suspect the guy went on a pitch won't be there. No. No. He'll be bold, banned by us and haven't been arrested. Yeah. So I don't know what, how, how it, you know, how it works, but it, I mean that's a offence. I think it is, yeah. <laughs> so he might end up getting a criminal record. <clears throat> exactly for your, for your so two minutes. 
he also doesn't he's obviously doesn't know about things like that either. Yeah. He's like he's it. No. It's not like unless you know, intoxicated. Yeah, but even then you have to bring that up at job I mean, interviews. I'll just sit here and have a go at them and okay, this is we're living in the world now, but I can hardly have a go at people being more anxiety older than men in this world and that's back in the day, but you used to get away with it then. <laughs> yeah, don't get away with anything. It, no. wasn't, it wasn't a criminal offence <laughs> it is now. I was not a free little to England, by the way. Oh, is it? I, I, uh, I, you know, I, yeah, I've got away with murder back in the day, <laughs> but then there wasn't that many people in most of the grounds. And, the, and there's no evidence, so... <laughs> uh, no, I don't think there is. Lovely. So just draw a line under the, everything. Is the looking forward to Tranmere. So I well, had a gentleman called Nigel on uh, with me coming up later on with great chat and uh, did mention that Tranmere seemed to be one of the big clubs that came down to the National League that didn't give the big attitude now I'm hoping I'm right but I don't remember no, Tranmere they, were, they didn't well, they didn't I mean the, the, they, they didn't give it the big and you're right um, I mean we've won there once and we lost there once but defeat was very difficult to take we were 2-0 down <laughs> back to 2 all, a bit like Rochdale and Pepe Gaia scored I think a goal that night um, and their, but their winning goal uh, was a foul throw, blatant foul throw. Um, it was a shove in the back on our defend on one of the snap defenders, so he couldn't um, uh, he couldn't get it, he couldn't win the header. I think their guy flicked it on by shoving the guy our guy in the back quite strongly, and then the bloke came out of the well post and scored. This allowed for two reasons. Yeah. But the referee to, that night was I think the guy from Joe Johnson from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just stating the fact. And, uh, you know, it was really annoying because that was a bloody long way to go uh, to lose in that fashion. I am not getting beat, but not by goals, you know. And, uh, yeah. But then, of course, we went up there and they didn't have the best starts of the season in Thumbos. Yeah. yeah. Great goal, really good goal, broke through the middle and that showed great composure to pose it to the goal team. And that's quite early in the game as well. I'm told they, they've had trouble scoring goals. They um, haven't let many in, though, No, they haven't let many in. Um, but then uh, they had a, a young guy on, on loan from Liverpool. Um, I think he's only played a couple of games, and they, they're like really, really rating him. Um, young German chap, I can't his name now, but apparently he's one that we need to look out for. Why would they get someone coming into form just before they play us? But never mind, we, we can cope with it. Well, <laughs> at that stage of the season, it, I can't I didn't think they were allowed to sign anyone this season. It might be that they had him and he's only just sort of... Oh, right. it, yeah, I, I don't know the exact... I thought the only players who were allowed to sign during the season were players who didn't have a club, they were unaffected. Right. They couldn't sign anyone. No, it might be that they had him then and they, they've only just brought him in or something, but oh, um, okay. I, maybe... I'm, also, there's a good possibility I've got completely the wrong end of the stick. So. <laughs> but I was told to watch out for him. Uh, he seems to come... I think he scored a couple the other night against... Well, in the Papa John's as well, the same night. We'll look forward to, to Saturday. Um, thank you very much for the chat again. You're becoming the same as other people, a regular, so don't be surprised if I send you one of those other lovely messages. You'll have to pretend to be busy or oh, something. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I don't mind rambling on. But, Beautiful. Uh, quite as long as the issue. <laughs> no, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's lovely to chat to you as always, and I will, won't be at Tramir, but I will, I will catch you at the home well, game. I'm a supporters coach. I, I, I will. I'll have to get up.
So just just as I'm talking, I've just um, seen on Twitter, um, Nick has actually posted on on Twitter with huge honour walking the lads out the other night. Not the result we wanted, but great to see some old faces again to Green Lane. Really appreciated the warm welcome back coming out after half time. We'll always see Sutton United as the home I started my professional career. So clearly he does realise that yeah. we're we're annoyed. So that's beautiful. That's lovely. That's uh, I would hope so. Yeah, I think he I think he. He did um, yeah. like the one I said about a nice touch from him. Good. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah, perfect. All right, take care, Mark. I'll see you in a, a week or so. Okay. All right, thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. I'm sure that some of you is hoping that I'd actually forgotten about this, but don't worry, never fear. I have Pub of the Week coming up. So whilst I understand that many of you are going to end up in the glamping tent, Mark Bravery um, slash Amber Mailman has given us a recommendation of Gallagher's in Birkenhead. He says there's not much to do around Prenton Park, so he's choosing Gallagher's, which some people have been in before. It's 20 Chester Street. There is It's close to the ferry terminal and the Birkenhead Hamilton Square Station. There's a good choice of beers and ciders. There's lunches and it's lots of military memorabilia was established by a former Irish guardsman and there used to be a barber shop on the premises although that closed a few years ago so that's Gallagher's for those of you who aren't going straight to the beer drinking glamping tent and that's pub of the week right and joining me now is a man I'm going to introduce but shouldn't need an instruction to anyone so we will skip the um who are you portion of this because anyone who doesn't know who you are shouldn't really be supporting the club it's Mr Chairman himself hi Bruce how are you very well, thank you. Bearing under a considerable strain. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Thank you. And, uh, enjoying life in the EFL. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we last spoke um, a few episodes ago based on the fact I had quite a long break, but it's actually back in March 2018. And it's been quite quiet since then, so there's not an awful lot to catch up on. Um, I think we had our highest ever finish at the time that season where we finished third I think so, so. <laughs> yeah. oh this is this is <laughs> this, this is going to be great because I'm very much the same um, I've, I've once upon a time left the game and walked off home got to the Sutton Bass Garage and someone said what was the score and I felt very happy knowing that and then they asked me who scored and I just went completely blank going I I, I was there but I can't remember <coughs> so that's <laughs> same same as same. <laughs> um, but yes we had a high seven league finish under Doz um, which I know led to lots of questions that we weren't ever planning on asking ourselves and some plans were tentatively made at that stage um, and we also led to the Iron Brew Cup which was a, a very strange and exciting competition do you remember anything about how that came about or the invites to that yes I mean I had a phone call from the then uh, National League chairman Mike uh, Tattersall who said to me that um, the league were exploring the possibility having received an invite from what was then the Iron Brew Cup um, for two clubs to participate 
in that competition. And as you know, um, you know it's not only uh, well, it hadn't been English. It's a Scottish League Cup, if I remember. I'm having to remember mm-hmm. about that as well now. It, 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 it's a, effectively a Scottish competition. But they invited um, a couple of clubs from Ireland, a couple of clubs from Wales, and they were anticipating inviting a couple of clubs from England. And would we be interested? Um, unfortunately, the way I am, the first question I probably asked is, is well, Know, how much is this going to cost us? Um, but I make no apology for that. Um, but the answer, you know, having discussed the whole prospect with him, in my book, it was an absolute no-brainer. It was an opportunity that you know we may not ever get again. Um, it was, if I remember, it was the highest two places. That, uh, didn't, get didn't get promoted. Yeah, I remember that. It was ourselves and Borenwood. Exactly. So, um, obviously, um, he assured me there was some sponsorship money in it and that, at worst, um, you know, we'd on, be on a break-even situation. I took it to the board, um, gave them as much background as I had, and I think everybody unanimously thought, well, you know, how can we turn this down? Obviously, we talked to the gaffer at the time and, and said, look, what do you think? Um, he was just as keen on it. Uh, and that's really how it transpired. And we went back to the National League and you know, obviously it didn't take place. And we had two unbelievable uh, trips, one to uh, Airdrie and one to, of course, uh, the Bohemian. Yes. Um, and that, 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 that I've, I've, I've followed something for a long time and known you from afar and had various chats with you. But one of my favourite, favourite memories is that Dublin trip. And... Um, the first part of this is going to sound bad, but it really isn't, and it's difficult to explain. But as I came in with a stream of people, you were kind of saying hello to everyone as they were coming into the bar, and you kind of looked past and out the door, and he said in this extremely high-pitched voice, they're still coming in, and there's still more of them. Like, could, did you know it was going to be that popular? Um, I don't think we did, um, and I do remember that. <laughs> going into the club actually empty and sort of about half an hour later it was absolutely packed and I actually knew everybody in there and I'm thinking this is unbelievable so you know if ever the board and they never did but if they had ever had any uh, doubts about whether the invitation was correct um, it was answered um, on those both those trips particularly the Bohemian I think, um, and the support was just unbelievable. And my other abiding memory of that is that um, just before the game, you know, when the teams came out, you, you just looked at the bank of Sutton supporters making such a noise, and you know, how proud are we all of that? You know, it's just such a uh, just a, a surreal moment in a way. You know, they travelled all that way, but. Um, for a game to support their club, and you know, I suppose it's all part of the journey we've been on since Dos first joined us as manager. And you know, we kept saying, "Well, you know, we're on this train ride, and we're clinging on sometimes for dear life." Um, and that was all part of that journey. But you know, the, the, the Scotland trip was just as memorable because the hospitality that we um, had on that day um, in Scotland, including their 
magnificent chairman who <coughs> led singing in the boardroom. Now, I'd like to point out that singing is not one of my strong points, <laughs> therefore I did not sort of try and beat him because he, he'd done it before and he would probably have done it again. But, you know, it was just one of those moments you just think, oh, you know, both clubs presented each other with souvenirs of the occasion and then you know, he broke into song and led everybody in the boardroom to have a sing song. And it was, again, just you know, two two trips that I'm sure everybody who went on them, you know, whether they did both of them or just one of them, will never forget because they were just great occasions. Yeah, absolutely. And the the, the, the one about Dublin in particular was I knew... Well, there's no one here to correct either of us. So I can say what I like. Um, we we were playing late in Orient around that time. I remember that. Um, I think it must have been beforehand. And we brought, I think, possibly more to Dublin than we had to late in Orient just over the other side of London, um, which was just an extremely strange thing of people coming on the plane in the morning and going home straight after the match. Um, and I remember the, the penalty... In, we're on penalties, and there was something about the penalty shootout that... that there was some little bit of, oh, that's not quite right, and then everyone just kind of decided, oh, you know what, we've we've had fun. Let's not argue. Let's 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 just accept it. And we had a nice a nice lovely evening. And I'm sure lots of people don't remember an awful lot what happened in the evening, but <coughs> I remember. <laughs> I think that's right to a certain extent. I mean, there was a strange sort of mix of feelings. Um, my own view is that you want to win every game, and when it goes to a penalty shootout, you certainly want to win. But from a point of view of priorities for that season and the number of games, because that was you know, the only issue, really, I suppose, is it was just adding to the fixture, um, I say congestion, but the number of fixtures that mm-hmm. we were expected to play that season. Um, I think probably there was a body of opinion that said, look, we've had a couple of factors today. I personally would have liked more a game in that competition at home, but it wasn't to be. And I think at the end of the day, it probably was the right thing to do. But had we gone through on those penalties, then we would have had a crack at another game. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is these days, and I suspect um, it was out of our control. And I personally was quite disappointed when we lost the penalty shootout. Well, I'm sure everybody was, but you know, on reflection, some would think, well, you know, maybe looking longer term, looking ahead for the rest of the season, maybe that won't be the worst possible result. No. Um, but using those words, worst possible result, it, a couple of people I've spoken to kind of almost pointed that as, as a real high, which may have led to certain things that then happened towards the end of the season where can we take this club any further and we we, we lost Doz. Um, obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing and everyone knows what's happened since um, but to trying to think back that must have been a bit of a, a shock and a blow. Do you, obviously don't want to give away any private conversations but can you remember any sort of how you were feeling at the time? Um. No, it came in two hits, really, wasn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Dos decided that you know the travelling had been a bit much, and he got all sorts of family issues, etc., etc., um, and you know, wanted to take a break. Um, and you know, I think that was a genuine situation from his point of view. But as we all know, um, that break turned into something a bit more permanent. And 
yeah, of course, I shall always remember the, the phone call I had from him and you know, his opening words were, Bruce, this is the most difficult phone call I've ever had to make. Um, and him stepping down and deciding that he couldn't come back after his self-enforced break and obviously decided that, you know, there was just too much else going on and the travelling really got to him. Um, and I think at the end of the day, um, you know, that, that, that was his decision and we, we had to respect it. What was going through my mind at the time was, oh my goodness, what are we going to do now? <laughs> How do we follow that? Yeah, because you know, Dos was not only the manager that he was and had brought us all the successes on the pitch, but um, irrespective of what he said when we originally interviewed him, or as my famous story goes, he interviewed us, which everybody who knows Dos <laughs> would sort of understand um, that that's a distinct possibility as to how it actually happened. But, you know, his, his prime aim in joining us, um, having been at Eastleigh, was he was too near to Eastleigh. Every time there was a problem with a tap in the toilet, they shouted at him and he went down and sorted it out. And he didn't want to involve himself in off-the-pitch stuff. Of course, Dos being Dos, um, he couldn't stop himself. And, you know, that was gratefully received as well because he enthusiasm and passion, you know, just shone through, didn't it, um, everywhere he went. And, you know, he just encouraged people around him. And, you know, did the club need a little bit of a boost like that? I suspect it, in our hearts of hearts it probably did. But it's all down to people, isn't it? And, you know, if you get the right person involved, then, of course, who knows what you can achieve. And, you know, the club is the club. Um, and I knew we had such a lot of good people running the club. Um, many, including myself, who've been there a long, long time. And you know, I thought, well, I think they deserve a bit better than we've had over the previous few years. Um, when uh, until Dosdon joined us, but you know, as you know, football's a strange animal. And, you know, you might think you've got the best player or you might think you've got the best manager. But actually, when they cross that white line, only then do you start finding out. But it was the start of a journey, which obviously I think an awful lot of people have uh, thoroughly enjoyed. And Touchwood at the moment is, is still going on, albeit under somebody else's management. Yeah. Um, well, there's a couple of little little things in there. Is, um, I kind of thought that at the time when obviously the traveling is a nightmare i think it was i think he said it was two and a half to two to two and a half hours each way um and that's pretty much dead time for your day um so i kind of had this horrible suspicion that um once he'd had the break and realized how much of his day he was getting back he would really not want to come back um i hoped i was wrong and i didn't vocalize it at the time just in case i put ideas in his head um but i, I kind of understood it um then the other thing you're saying about um the good people running the club and you did also mention about the um sponsorship with the i'm brew cup i have said on a couple of different things over the years i used to see um comments about um, oh, the board are just a bunch of accountants and they're bean counters and so on. And I used to always sit there looking, going, 
why on earth wouldn't you want accountants running your football club? They, they know what to do with the money. They're not going to put you in trouble. And I've actually just mentioned to someone else about all those years where Kingstonian were going for it and spending money left, right and centre. And we were being very sensible and plodding along nicely and making sure we were we were going to be around in 15, 20 years. And it's absolutely borne fruit. So um, I'm sure lots and lots of people... We interviewed him. It was a no-brainer. Oh, you know, 
you you've seen since his appointment how impressive he is um, in interviews, um, previous meet the managers. Um, you know, he talks a lot of common sense. He knows his football. He's totally committed, and you know, once you get to know him, um, yes, he had a rocky patch, which I thought was absolutely disgraceful in some ways. Goodness sake, give somebody a chance. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we did, and we stuck with him. And, you know, he's asked me since, did I ever have any doubts about, you know, him continuing as manager after a, a little, a rocky start, let's put it that way. And, you know, I'll always be honest with people, I said to him, no, not, not once, because I knew what was going on behind the scenes. It needed a little bit of tweaking. He inherited some players that he, that he wouldn't have brought to the club himself. But that's what happens when you bring in a new manager. There are inevitably going to be players on contract that you probably wouldn't really want, but you get the best out of till their contract's finished. You then let them go. And in the meantime, you bring in your own players because recruitment is absolutely key. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't, I never saw that as a safe appointment. I think there was a big risk involved. But if you got to know him, and if you'd seen him in the interview when the person went through it all, it was, as I said, a no-brainer. Yeah, there was quite a lot, sort of a split on social media, almost at that point where things weren't going brilliant. Um, there was a lot of the um, the older heads kind of saying, "No, this is Sutton. We don't just." get rid of people this the, the, the man's going to have a chance you've just got to get behind him now um so there was a lot of no we're, we're sticking behind him social media is wonderful but it's also not the greatest in the world um because it allows people to amplify their voices when sometimes their, their opinions are not worth amplifying um but thank goodness um <laughs> because people say use the term we're living our dreams um but did I certainly never did? Um, but did you ever dream of the football league? No. It, it, I I did remember at the time, and it did come out in the newspapers, and it's been mentioned many times since the the, the, the remit of keep us in the division. Um, Failed beautifully, not miserably. Failed beautifully. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes, I, I remember. Um, you know, I think it was on TV after the Hartlepool game, wasn't it? And I think you know, the question was asked, and I said, "Well, basically, his brief was to keep us in the division, <laughs> he's failed." And you know, people have picked up on that, and he's had a good. He and I had you know, lots of laughs about that, and um, that was just a, a way of putting it. But you know. Did we ever expect to be a football league club? No, I don't think so. I mean, our brief to him and Dodds before him and previous managers is that you know, we always saw ourselves as wanting to be a, a football club, um, community football club, um, playing at the highest level of non-league football. So, you know, once we got into the National League, um, even that was, you know, a hell of a league, as we know. Um, you know, what I call some proper football clubs in that. 
And I think at the end of the day, that was our ambition. But of course, when we laid the, the 3G pitch, um, you know, people said to me about that, and I said, well, when the rules came in about that, and we decided to go with the 3G pitch, which, you know, I don't think anybody's ever had any doubts, was an absolutely brilliant move for the football club and the community and all the football sides that play under the banner of Southern United. Um, <coughs> I don't think we've had any regrets about that, but did we think the rules were going to change just in case we were ever in those promotion places for the Football League? Yes, we did, because there'd been a very close vote at one of the EFL meetings, and I think it was only decided by the chairman's casting vote, which actually went against allowing 3G pitches in the Football League, certainly in Division 2. Um, so we, we actually thought that the change um, in the rules for the EFL was probably imminent. And secondly, did we realistically ever think we would be a Football League club? And the answer was no. And the result of that, of course, is that we have to rip it up. <laughs> well, I'm glad you actually mentioned that because that was on my next note. Um, obviously, that was a biggie, a big, big change. Um, I'm. It took a little while um, from, obviously not from what you were saying, but for the media to pick up on the fact because a lot of people were um, saying, well, you knew the rules, you knew the rules, you knew the rules. And they were kind of um, just saying, thinking we're talking about the first team. And there were quite a lot of people saying, no, you don't understand, the first team will have a pitch to play on. That's that's not in doubt. The first team will always have a pitch to play on. It was all the others. And it took a little while for people to start picking up on the message of we weren't sulking about the magic pitch, which obviously we won every game on by 20 nil and so on. And um, But it, it was because of all the other teams, um, the, the, the community teams, the kids, the, the ladies' teams, just everyone else. Um, how... F frustrating was it that that message didn't seem to be getting through? I, I, I know you were saying it, but people just weren't picking up on it. Because um, I saw one interview you, you, you mentioned dinosaurs, or it was picked up that they, you'd said dinosaurs it probably didn't say it. Um, but even in that interview it, you'd said about the community teams, but it still wasn't the focus on it. Was it, was it frustrating at the time? or? I think it was, because it had been so good for us. The 3G pitch had been brilliant for us, not only you know, for all the obvious reasons, but one of which, of course, is, is the financial model. I mean, look, football should be played on grass. <coughs> I'm old enough and ugly enough to think that that's still the case. But presented with the financial um, situation surrounding a 3G pitch and the opportunity that DOS gave us to lend us Know, the money to do it, um, it was a no-brainer for us because the pitch would have needed a lot of money spent on it anyway because it was a very old and tired grass pitch. So from that point of view, um, no, no, I think we, we just got on with it. Um, you know, when we won the league, we knew what the rules were. Mm -hmm. If anybody thinks we waited until Hartlepool to sort of put a few fans in place, both on the pitch and other items, then they they certainly haven't you know don't understand how the system works because you know if you're in a promotion position, you've got to have ticked all sorts of boxes for the EFL by Christmas mm -hmm. um, of the season that you're in. That, that you're in. Yeah. So 
And then you've got all these deadlines to meet, and of course the season ran late, which meant that we had even less time than we would have done to get all the boxes ticked. And, you know, a lot, a huge amount of preparation um, had taken place before we actually won the league, but it was only on winning it that we could then press buttons to activate, you know, pitch changes and all the other changes and floodlights and all the rest of it. Yeah, my, my new favourite turnstile halfway down Collingwood. Um, definitely my favourite because I come in that way. Uh, one, of the, one, of, one of the things I liked about the community pitch um, was, I mean, it's a bit more cynical, and I don't, don't mean it this way, but it was the fact that a lot of the kids were able to play and train on, train on it, which built into them that this is my pitch. So as they would grow up and be adults, this is their pitch. This is this belongs to them. This is their club, and they would just have that um, straightaway um, connection to the club. And I know it's a long, long-term thing, but in 15, 10, 15 years' time, when they're bringing their kids to football, it would hopefully be, oh, I played on that pitch. I played on that pitch, or similar. Yeah. Um, Exactly, yeah, spot on because so many kids were sort of saying, well, we're actually playing on the United pitch. It's crazy for me. I, I, obviously, with the way the world is now, I don't go in and out of the office so much, but whenever I do, I'm kind of, I see Sutton shirts um, during the week and at weekends, and I'm looking thinking, I don't know you. Um, I'm not being rude, but when we, when I, a few years ago, going to Sutton, like you said about the Dublin trip, you kind of know everyone, but then you're seeing complete strangers walking around wearing a Sutton United top, and you're like, what is going on? And kids, when I was I was only 14 when I started sporting, but if I'd been running around trying to wear a Sutton replica kit, people would have been, who, who, what, what? And now kids just wear it all the time. It's it's absolutely brilliant, and um, that kind of stems from all the behind-the-scenes stuff, all the little decisions that you guys make um, do have this huge, huge knock-on effect to everything. Um, yeah, I think that's been excellent. Uh, and, and if you if you look back, I mean, it started. I think it's fair to say when Doz joined us, and you know, we jumped on the train with him, and we didn't know which station we were going to get off at, or he was going to get off at. But you know, obviously, history will you know give you the timeline and all these things. But you know, if you if you look at Doz coming, the 11 years with him, the cup run. 3G pitch, the successes in winning various championships, ending up playing in the National League. And what a springboard for somebody to come in and just take it a bit further, which is exactly what Matt has done. But, you know, that that journey and, and kids wearing shirts and, you know, the extra numbers of people that we seem to have managed to have got in. And I remember the time, and it's not that long ago, that we used to sit at you know, management committee meetings or board meetings and, and look around and say, wouldn't it be great if we could get an average of a thousand <coughs> to watch our games? And, you know, last night's game against ASC Wimbledon in Papa John's Trophy, and we've got nearly two and a half thousand. Yeah, on a, on a Tuesday. We're still pinching ourselves. Yeah. On a Tuesday for a competition, a lot of people don't particularly um, like um, for different reasons, um, but obviously there's a lot of us that kind of say oh how, how much is that prize money yes put something down for that thank you very much um but the well, and as the gaffer said to me the other day this 
before we won last night and won the group and we've got a home game for the next round. He said, Bruce, do you, re- you realise we're four games from Wembley? <laughs> well, if that's a competition worth doing your very best in, then they've lost the flock, in my view. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how would you argue that? No. In my book, it's the equivalent of the FA Trophy on league types. So yeah. we, we've no longer got that opportunity. We stay in the league. We can't. You know, we're not in the FA Trophy. So the, the replacement, in my book, is the Papa John's, and the fact that there's some prize money as well, is an added bonus. And look, if you plan the Papa John's group, um, if you've been given the opportunity to pick three sides, um, which would you know, comprised the group that we were in. AFC Wimbledon at home, Portsmouth away at Crafton Park, and obviously there has to be an under-21 side, and that was Crystal Palace. I mean, you know, you, you couldn't have picked three better yeah. games for us. We managed to win them all, top the group, and, you know, we'll see at the weekend who we get in the next <laughs> round. But, you know, the gap is definitely up for it. And, you know, once he said to me, well, we're four games from Wembley, I said, well, Sorry. <laughs> What are you talking to me for? Um, but yeah, I, I remember um, being on, on the outskirts of being involved of, of some of the, the family fun days that we'd organised and being utterly delighted at getting 1,500 people through um, and sitting there going and really congratulating ourselves saying, right, if only a few of them can come back week after week um, to now me sort of standing on my curved terrace going, why are all you people standing so close to me? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's absolutely a, a brilliant brilliant journey um and it is nice that it's picking up on different things like i saw the the quest um tv doing a, a sort of nice feature on us um and it was done very nicely there was no old little old something um i think they actually picked you up on the, the little old something point going hang on a minute this isn't little old something is it <laughs> you guys are very well organized um but how have you? I, I I asked the other day, enjoying life as a football league chairman. But I will change that to adjusting to life as a football league chairman. How how has it been so far? Um. Well, it's no different. That's, that's the honest truth. It's no different from a personal point of view. Um, you know, we were travelling all over the country, seeing the club playing. And, know, superb grounds, you know, like Tranmere, and we did Lincoln, and we did Knox County, um, and we did Stockport, and we did all the ex-football league clubs that were playing in the National League. And, you know, when we went to Chesterfield, it's a 10,400-all-seater stadium. You know, the first time we played there, you go out before the game, and you just stand there looking around, and you think, well, this is a proper football club, capable of getting... You know, really good gates, huge supporter base if they can do well. Um, so going into the football league, you know, that, that's just gone up a level. And we're, and we're now going to Scunthorpe and places I never, ever thought I would see Sunday United playing at and playing Walsall and Rochdale and, you know, clubs that I knew nothing about. Um, but we've been... Welcomed. We've had the um, CEO of the <coughs> Trevor Birch has come to one of our games um, and sent us a really nice email afterwards saying, you know, um, you know, absolutely delighted to have the club as members of the football league. And you know, he seems to be a very honest and genuine sort of person. 
um, last week's football. Um, I'm sure he'll be coming back. And, you know, we've had an awful lot of very nice messages. Um, and one of the clubs that came to us recently, so their chairman said to me, he said, he said, hospitality here is second to none. He said, we've never received such a welcome <laughs> at any club before. And you know, we're proud of that. We like people to enjoy the experience and forget what happens on the pitch for the moment. It's all about people, as we said earlier, Mike. And you know, I think that's important to us. Um, you know, the pre-match lunches when you know I, I stand there, you know, taking the Mickey out of loads of people, and they all enjoy it. And somebody said to me one day, "Well, it's the only reason I come, really." He said, "Hopefully, get a bit of a chairman." <laughs> has a bit of a laugh and if it's somebody's birthday somebody makes a fool of themselves and sings and and you know you want to try and make it a, a memorable experience for people you know they haven't just come down to a football match they've come down they've had a bit of lunch nice bit of food a couple of beers you know watch the game you know welcome wherever they come from we've had loads of people trying to make up you know doing something because they're, they're visiting all the football league clubs you know ground hoppers and people like that the game, we try and make them welcome and you know, hope that they'll come back. And we have overseas contingents coming down now. And you know, suddenly you find yourself at one of the pre-match lunches, and there's two people from Sweden there, you know, coming over because they've heard about us, and you know, they're taking in four or five games in a week. You know how it works for these mm-hmm. people nuts. Uh, but we're one of them. And you know, what you want is people to go away, forget what happens on the pitch to go away thinking, well, we've been well looked after, we've been welcomed, you know, good service, good food, good drink, and hopefully good football. And that's certainly been the case lately. And, you know, we're very proud of that. And that, that's that's what we aim to do. As, as you absolutely should be. There was, um, I, I can't remember the reporter, I was trying to find it, but there was a tweet from a reporter a few weeks ago, and it was, he was just organising um, a press pass or something and he, he he took to twitter and said i have just received the absolute nicest email from Sutton united that i've ever received in my entire career and he said it's just an email but it was the nicest email i've ever received in reporting on football and it's a little bit of me going oh that's because we're a proper club we've got proper people dealing with everything and um doing it treating people how you'd want to be treated um obviously exactly i think <laughs> Ahead, you know, if you want people to treat you well, you treat them well, and that's always been my philosophy, you know, through business life as well as at the football club. I think that's exactly how it should be. Um, and I, I, th- I think the, you know, the, so the, the, the transposition as people, you know, I haven't seen it this way. Look, people still want me to be chairman, I've done it for 25 years. What a way to celebrate 25 years of being chairman! Um, you know, it gives you a real buzz. And, you know, I've been to every game, and the intention is I get to every game, um, certainly in the first season. And, you know, why would you want to miss a game? There's some of the that they're playing. But at the end of the day, um, what it's all about for me is all those other people who have worked tirelessly because it has been a huge, huge strain, not only financially for us, but also, you know, in terms of personnel. And, you know, I've likened it stepping up one level in football terms from National League to Football League, Division 2. But off the pitch, you're stepping up in every area 20 times. 
it's a huge, huge difference. You know, experiencing the transfer window for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. You know, new football league contracts for every player. Um, there, there's so many things I can bore you from now <laughs> going through a list, even if I had one in front of me, of all the changes that we've had to make. So we're very, very lucky, and I take my hat off to you know, Vice Chairman Adrian Barry, my best ever signing. You know, Tim Allison, the club and company secretary. Um, you know, Dominic Felton, our ex-player, who's come on board and been absolutely brilliant. And you know, Dave Fairbrother has been involved, and Tony Dolbear, as long as I have. I mean, everybody's just stepped up to the mark. But it's been a huge step up. And, you know, the supporters who just come to games, and, you know, brilliant though that is, they probably don't realise the half of what has gone on over the summer. And Tim and Adrian lived at the club virtually um, every day, all day, every day, lurching from one meeting to another. And, you know, without all that support um, and the support of, you know, numerous other uh, companies and individuals, we, we would never have started the season in the EFL. Now, it's been a superhuman effort from a huge number of people. And as I say, I just take the hat off to them all because they've been brilliant. So, Excellent. How lucky are we? Brilliant. It's, it's, it's not, like I've said it before, it's not even pinching ourselves time because it's still bewildering. We're a third of the way through the season and it's still kind of like, is this real? Are we, are we going to be told it's, it's all a joke, actually? No, if you go back to Conference South, come on, don't be silly. <laughs> but um, I will... Um, on that really high point, I, w- I will wrap it up other than to say that um, you and Matt have organised a Meet the Manager evening for next week, Thursday. Um, Thursday the 18th. Thursday the 18th. And 7 o'clock to 7.30 start. Excellent. Down, have a beer. Don't. The first half will be Matt and Jason, and then I'll join them for the second half, just in case anybody wants to ask anything that isn't football-related or you know, team-related. And, and, um, and don't sit in the front row. And everybody, you've had to get a good attendance. Um, that's something we wanted to do. We, we've tried to, to do it, you know, leave it so that people are comfortable about coming out now, which they, they appear to be. And, you know, obviously, if somebody's not comfortable about coming, they won't come. It's as simple as that. But you know, hopefully people will feel comfortable in coming down, having a beer, asking a few questions, and listening to the gaffer and, and Jason, who as you know, have been... <coughs> yeah, it's completely amazing. I mean, there, there, there was a, a little... Um, I think I said it to Jenny when she was on a couple of weeks ago. Um, when Matt was first appointed as coach, I do have to admit there was a little bit of, oh, hang on, it's not Matt Gray that used to play for us. It's a completely different Matt Gray. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know who it is now. <laughs> we absolutely do know who it is. Um but wonderful. Thank you very much, Bruce. That is absolutely perfect. And I'm sure we will see you at many games and um, hopefully see as many people down there on the 18th as possible. Yes. Will you be there yourself? I absolutely should be. This stupid cough keeps hanging around, but um, I, I I should be. Um, but um, I will do. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's hope it's a good evening and an informative evening, which they have been in the past. And... Uh, Again, something that Dos started, and I think you know we've, we've carried on, and Matt's very happy to do it, and brings Jason along as well. So 
Joining me now, I've got Nigel, who is a fan of Tranmere. Hello, Nigel. How are you? I'm fine, Mike. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on tonight. Just to introduce yourself to the fans, want to know about, a bit about yourself, a bit about your Tranmere history. In essence, who are you? Well, uh, my name's Nigel Adderley. I am a uh, football commentator when I'm not watching Tranmere. Um, I, I'm uh, commentating more than watching uh, these days due to the... Uh, the football schedule, and I first saw my first Tranmere game in uh, the, the mid 1970s when I was very young. I was there on Tuesday night, saw them um, in the Pizza Cup against Oldham, win 3 2, which which was good. And I've sort of charted the highs and lows, really. I've seen us right at the bottom of the Football League. I saw us go out of the Football League, of course, and have three years in the National League when we first came across Sutton. Uh, we got back into the league, straight back into League One, and then were demoted on points per game. So it's been a real roller coaster the last few years. And it, it, we're at the moment in a in a situation where we're we're in transition in terms of the squad and possibly the results as well. And it will be interesting to see how this how this season goes. Yeah, you, you don't want a boring team, though. You don't want mid-table year after year. You like to have a little something to get your teeth into, surely. <laughs> yeah, and we certainly have had that in recent years. I mean, we had ten years in the championship. It, it was the second division when we got there in 1991. And we had three years in the playoffs trying to get into the Premier League. That never happened. We had some great players, uh, Pat Nevin, uh, real heroes at Tranmere, players called Ian Muir, who was our all-time record goal scorer, Jim Steele, Jimmy Harvey, Eric Nixon, the goalkeeper, all absolute legends. And, and we thought we were going to be around the championship forever. But of course, things change. Uh, that The club hit some financial problems and we... Uh, tumble down the leagues. Our owners now um, are great. Mark Palios, uh, who was a former uh, chief executive of the Football Association, played for Tranmere. He, he played for us for many years. Uh, and he's a, a real uh, steady hand on the tiller now for the football club. And we are heading in the right direction. Of course, we dropped out of the league just after they took over because I, I think there was so much wrong with the club. We'd been in decline for so long. It was impossible to arrest everything in such a short space of time. And we had to have some very hard yards in the National League. As you know, the National League is a, a very difficult league to get out of. And particularly if you are a big club like, like Tramier are. I think Wrexham are having similar issues at the moment. Notts County and, and so many other teams over the years drop down into the National League and possibly think, oh, it'll be OK, well, we'll get back into the Football League very quickly. And it doesn't happen. We had back-to-back -back promotions and then we were demoted due to points per game in the pandemic, which was extremely harsh. And in, and in many ways on the field, the club hasn't recovered from that yet. Uh, and we find ourselves in League Two. Some of the fans, I think, resent the fact that we're in League Two. And I can entirely understand that. But as a fan of longer standing, I'm just grateful to be in the Football League because three years to the National League were, were pretty hard. Yeah, I mean... From from a Sutton perspective, um, slightly different to a lot of the clubs in the National League, is um, we were usually worried about um, getting out of the National League the, the, the other direction because it was kind of our our pinnacle and we, we 
it's where we've always kind of worked to be at the very very top as a non-league team so for us it's kind of really strange and mental and I know I keep repeating it on this but it, it is um that that we're now in a, a league club after 120 odd years of being non-league but you're right about National League because I, I remember York came down and dropped through and Stockport I know they're back on the back on the up now but they dropped through as well so National League is a really difficult league and I think even South End I haven't looked up their results recently but they 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 tried not to get relegated um saying they were almost too big to get relegated and um they're struggling as well I know there's calls for it to become like league free, but I, I think teams should take take the time, take the, take their punishment if they if they get into it. They need to they need to work their way out of it. Yeah, I, I agree. And we, we had three years in the national league, and I think it, it took us that long to actually sort out the club and the owners to sort out the club and and to get us into a position to go back. But we could have done it after two years, um, but we lost to Forest Green Rovers in the playoff final and, and it was maybe one match too far after what had been a, a very good season. We got 95 points. We were in a title race with, with Lincoln, but they were the best team. Danny Cowley was the best manager that year. Of course, they got to the FA Cup quarterfinals as well <laughs> and it was a real disappointment. And when we did get promotion, we made a terrible start to the season. It, it, we, we thought we weren't going to get promotion. I think one of the turning points was a 3-1 win at Sutton just before Christmas, because the season before, we played you live on the television, which I think was the first time we'd ever met on a Saturday lunchtime. And you beat us 1-0. And it was Gary Brabin's final match as manager because there were some infamous uh, pictures because the Tramia fans could walk behind the, the technical areas. And Gary Brabin was sat in, a, in the dugout, which of course was Perspex glass. And the Tramia fans were abusing him at very close range. And and he was sacked on the Monday. Yeah. And we then appointed Mickey Mellon, who is now our manager and has, of course, uh, carried us back into the Football League. So you know, we, we had so many difficult days in the National League because if you're a club the size of Tranmere, you do feel that everything's against you. You're playing on poor playing surfaces. Of course, your ground was an artificial pitch, so it was slightly different. You, you feel the referees often don't get things right. And, and it's just a culture shock if you've been in the Football League for so long. And I think Southend are finding that at the moment, of course, that they've picked up a couple of results. But if they're not careful, they could go through. And, and I was brought up in Chester. They're another former Football League team now in Conference North. So if you get on that slippery slope, it can be very difficult to arrest. And just because you're a former Football League team, it doesn't make any difference at all in the National League. No, I mean, there's there's a couple of things. I, I do remember you guys being, being down there. And I, I don't do many of the away games, but they, there's certainly um, seen some of the people on Twitter, there's lots of friendships between the Tramby fans and Sutton fans because you guys, you you didn't actually come down with a big attitude. You, you came down going, right, we need to sort ourselves out. It wasn't, oh, we're too, too much for this. I don't remember there being a lot of talk about people being against you. Like, I know Notts County last year, uh, last year, year before, um, a lot of people there's a bit of a backlash because they were giving it they're, they're far too big but you guys kind of took it seriously and I know a lot of people are, are looking forward to the trip up there and renewing some friendships but an, another thing I've just um, I've done minimum research and I found some really interesting facts and started reading up on these rather than actually doing much more research but Tranmere is a Viking name is it? Well it's, it's a Viking area because it's um, it's on a peninsula in the Wirral of course, we're on Merseyside. People always look to Liverpool as as, as the most um, 
uh, attractive part of that. And clearly, in terms of football, they've got two massive clubs. But 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 we're on the peninsula, sur- surrounded by water on three sides. And from the back of the main stand at uh, Prenton Park, you can clearly look across to the the two cathedrals in Liverpool, and then beyond that to North Wales as well. So it's it's a very panoramic view. I mean, the area we play in, I mean, really, we're in Birkenhead, but but Prenton and, and Tranmere is a, is an area which is a relatively small one, but it's just where the club happened to be located. We're on the outskirts of, of Birkenhead, whereas you, know, you are Sutton United uh, and you are associated with the town. Really, that the town and the area isn't really reflected in the Tramia name. And, and I think that that will never change, but I, I wouldn't be surprised in, in the longer term to possibly see the club relocate and maybe be closer to the heart of Birkenhead and, and possibly closer to the heart of the, the community that they really serve. Lovely. And... Also, I noticed your badge this year. You've reverted to an older badge. Do you know what the story behind that is? Well, I think that the owner, Mark Palios, and, and the co-owner, his wife, Nicola, they've always been aware of, uh, of of the tradition of the club. And they actually had a vote this season to design the kit. And the kit that they went for was, was very close to a kit we had in the early 1990s when we were playing in the in in the championship, it's actually a kit we wore um, to, towards the the end of the nineties when we were playing in the second tier and, and playing very well. And, and the badge on that was the old badge that we used to have. It's the old club crest, which used to go back to the nineteen fifties and, and beyond. And it was sort of modernised and, and minimised over the years. But the club decided to go back to that, and it, and it, it really does reflect large parts of, of of the area. There's there's a big there's a big liner on the, on the badge because it was to, to reflect the the shipbuilding that used to take place on the River Mersey, on, on the Birkenhead side of the water, and I, I think it's good because you you walk around Prenton Park, and there is a, a real sense of tradition. The owners have got it right. I mean, the uh, Mark Palios was somebody who played in the 1970s. And 80. So he's got a real handle on what makes the club tick. And he's somebody who was from that community. And I think that one of the main things that they did when they arrived was to try and take the football club back into the community because I think that they've been lost over many years. And I think now we are heading in the right direction purely as a result of the people who are running the club. Yeah, it makes such a difference when you've got someone... I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky at Sutton, but when you've got someone who clearly cares about the club um we we've seen um clubs local to us kingstonian um went for it they went tried to get, get into the football league i think and they spent lots and lots of money and they ended up losing their ground and everything they did they, they were just awful um, ownership and there's little old something just kind of plodding along plodding along and there was a little bit at the time going oh, i wish we'd be a bit more adventurous but then you kind of thought, well, we'll always be playing football. We'll always have a team in 10, 15 years. We'll still be a football club. So it's nice when you hear like proper people who who love the club are, are looking after the club. Uh, it shows that it's in really good hands and you know they're not just here to make some money and sell it on to the next person. Um, so how's the season so far for you guys? I, know, I think you're 11th at the moment. I know you qualified, as you mentioned, for the Papa John's overnight as, as we did um, but how's the season gone so far yeah it, it's been a real mixed bag uh, I, I think that overall I think we have we have possibly underachieved uh, there, there was a lot of talk around the fans about the the quality of the recruitment uh, during the, the close season we, we lost a number of players after 
uh, missing out in the playoffs uh, in the previous season. And there was a widespread belief that we needed to bring in a striker because James Vaughan, who was our top goal scorer, he got injured towards the end of the season and then retired. And we have various attacking options at the moment and, and none of them have, have really worked. And we've not scored enough goals this season. We've scored very few goals. We've kept a lot of clean sheets. Uh, at the start of the season, we were barely conceding any goals at all. But we had a recent run of conceding six in three games. We drew it uh, Harrogate and we, we lost 2-0 at home to Northampton and away at Mansfield, which apparently was a very poor performance. Uh, we won 1-0 at, at Crawley in the FA Cup uh, last week, but apparently it was a very poor game. So I think we have issues, although last night I was at the, the game uh, when we beat Oldham in the Pizza Cup and we got uh, Paul Glatzel, a young German striker, on loan from Liverpool, scored his first goals for the club, looked really good, uh, and hopefully he could be somebody who could possibly solve our goal-scoring problems. Because at the moment, we've got a central defender, Peter Clark, who's nearly 40. He's our top goal-scorer with three. And we started the season quite slowly, picked up a few wins, and we thought we were heading in the right direction. But we've hit another bump in the road at the moment. Sort of similar start to, to Sutton in many ways. You had a, a difficult start with so many away games and went on a very good run. And I know you've won your, your recent two most recent games in the Cups, but... You've dropped a few points as well, but I think we're both in mid-table at the moment. But it's it's a very tight league this season. And I know that Forest Green have made a very good start, but they often make a good start and then get reeled in by the rest. So I think it could be a promotion race, which will have so many twists and turns between now and the end of the season. Well, yeah, you mentioned Forest Green. Um, we had them in the first game of the season, which... Strange first couple of games of the season. We had Forest Green and Salford, which suddenly some of the excitement of going into the football league was like, oh, we've played them very recently. But we lost to a last minute goal and a really rare goalkeeping mistake. And the guys that went were like, do you know what? If if Forest Green are among the promotion favourites, we're going to be absolutely fine because we 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 played them off the park. And I know they've had some great results, and I keep watching it on Quest, which obviously showed small highlights. And I just keep looking at them, thinking, well, we've matched them. We went toe-to-toe for them. How comes they're doing so well? But as someone else I read on the forum somewhere said that um, the wheels, are, not the wheels are going to come off, but they, they do tend to um, slow down towards the latter half of the season, just as, as you said there as well. What I was going to ask is you mentioned that obviously you do commentary, and it's proper commentary. It's not like yeah, um, like me doing this podcast. So... No, it's all proper commentary. <laughs> well, I did, I did worry about getting you on. I was like, oh, God do I really want a professional one so people can hear the difference? But never mind, it's all right. They, they all love it. A, lo- really. a lot of people say I'm not very professional, so don't worry about it. <laughs> do you get to, how do you get to watch the games? I, I know I found you because you, you were watching, you were down to, settling down to the highlights of the Crawley match. Um, do you get some kind of special feeds or do, do you just have to watch it on TV like the rest of us peasants? No, no. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a mixture. I mean, some games you, you do what they call on site. You go to the games like I was at AFC Sudbury last Friday night doing the FA Cup tie against Colchester for Talk Sport. And we were there and it was a, obviously a non-league ground. I mean, they're, they're in the eighth tier. So they're, you know, somewhere down where, somewhere down <laughs> below where, where both Sutton and Tranmere were. Mm-hmm. But they were great. They were fantastic. They, they gave us a fantastic position to commentate from on a balcony in the, in the clubhouse, overlooking the pitch, and, and they were they couldn't have been more helpful. And then I did commentary on the Saturday uh, for, on Banbury against Barrow, and that's what they I did it for what they call it, the world feed. And for every game that goes on at every level in the UK, every live game, whether it's Premier League, 
EFL, FA Cup, there is another commentary going on for the audience outside the United Kingdom. You'll get your commentators on Sky or BT or the BBC or ITV. They will do the commentary that you'll see on the TV here. But there's another commentary going on for the audience outside the UK because there are rights holders, people who, who take the, the Premier League and all the other leagues around the world. So I was doing commentary on Banbury against Barrow last week, but we do it off a, a TV screen uh, at the uh, production company that, that, that cover the FA and, and cover the, the FA Cup uh, for the world. And then as part of the job there, you basically report on the number of other games that have taken place that weekend. So I did the Tranmere game. because they, they always tend to give me the Tranmere game because they know I support them. And I did various other games as well. Chesterfield South End, which was a really good game. Stevenage against MK Dons. Stevenage played very well considering where they are in the league and, and where MK Dons are. And I, and I always love the FA Cup first round. I always think it's a brilliant weekend in the season. And obviously you, you've got the luxury now or the relative luxury, it must feel, of being in the first round without having to qualify. And, and it does make a, a massive difference because when we were non-league, you suddenly think, blimey, FA Cup fourth qualifying round? What's all this about? And two of the three years we were in non-league, we didn't qualify. We we, we, we lost out in the fourth qualifying round. But, you know, the, the FA Cup is brilliant. And obviously you have, you know, a long history with the FA Cup and you're one of the most famous giant killers in FA Cup history with what you did against Coventry mm-hmm. um, way back when. And, and, it, and it's terrific. And, and I think that the FA Cup will always endure, particularly for clubs like Tranmere and, and Sutton, because we're in the second round now. We've, we've got a terrible draw. We're away to Orient. I'm not sure who, who did you draw? We got Oxford or Bristol Rovers. A home or away? Uh, away. So... Well, that's not great either, is it, really? Because at this stage, you, you want to be in the third round. Don't yeah, you? you want the opportunity of, of playing a, a Premier League team. Who knows? Yeah. You may win, but it's, well, it's a tricky tie, isn't it? Well, the yeah, it's, it, I was kind of trying to put that into words. Is The excitement of, oh, my God, um, we've qualified for the first round without doing anything. And then it's like we're kind of that kind of middle ground now where we're we're kind of a target for the non-league clubs and we're kind of, there's going to be a lot of the nothing games that are going to be really difficult to call. Although a few Oxford fans have already um, wished us luck against Bristol Rovers because they said they're awful against League Two clubs. We're we're kind of slightly erring towards Oxford only because we've got Bristol Rovers on Boxing Day and people want to go to a new ground. But that is literally the only only reason between the two of them. But but it just shows, I mean, Oxford and Bristol Rovers, two other clubs who've been down in non-league. Mm-hmm. In relatively recent years, and, and they've made progress. I know Bristol Rovers are, are, are in a bit of a difficult patch at the moment, but Oxford, they're a massive club. They were a massive club in non-league. I used to live in the area when they were in non-league, and they took 33,000 to Wembley for oh. their playoff win against York, which is incredible, really. And look, you, you never know. We, we won at Oxford in the in the Pizza Cup last season, uh, beat them in the semi-final to qualify for Wembley. So. You never know because you are still an unknown quantity for many people in the football league. Yeah, I mean we we've got that. I mean we we we're really lucky. In, in, in I know lots of managers do lots and lots of things, but um, Matt Gray, our manager, does seem to be doing some excellent homework himself and, and his assistant Jason. Um, they seem to set the guys up for every match. It's only one time really that we've sat watching, thinking, yeah, we've been really outplayed here, and that was about the first half an hour or so against Swindon, and Johnny Williams was destroying us but he shouldn't be playing this level of football anyway but, but other than that every game even the ones we lost at the beginning of the season as 
always been oh, we could have done that we could have got away with that we and we we're only losing by the odd goal i think exeter we lost two goals um but their manager came out and was like i do not know how on earth i'm talking to you after a win because we should have lost in the first 70 minutes but yeah the fa cup games they're one-offs you never ever know what's going to go on they're just exciting and we, we we're quite excited for this pizza cup as well because um i know a lot of people don't like the under 23s being involved but for us it's a brand new competition so we're all like wide-eyed little kids to everything. Yeah, well, we, we, we've won it in the past and it was great. We won it when it was called the Leather and Daft Trophy in 1990. We got to the final last year, of course, but we couldn't go. Yeah. Uh, we played Sunderland at Wembley in an empty stadium, which was a complete nonsense. They should have waited for those games to be played maybe in pre-season so people could go and watch them. But you know, but people you know, criticise the competition and I can understand why because I'm, I'm not a fan of having teams or under-21 teams in the competition. I think it should be a lower division cup. I don't think they add too much to the competition. You look in so many of the, the big clubs, their junior teams get absolutely hammered in this competition. We beat Leeds 4-1, uh, yeah. Port Vale um, beat Liverpool 5-0 last night. Oof. You know, So I'm not sure what they're getting from playing in this competition. But you know, once you get through, once you get through this stage and it's knockout, you can suddenly start thinking this could be a, a game at Wembley yeah. and, and it would be great. It's kind of a, a format that they, they could look at. The Scottish Cup, a few years ago, I don't know if, if you know this or remember this, um, when we finished third in the National League, we were invited to, to take part in the Scottish Cup, ourselves and Boreham Wood. And there was us and some Irish That's teams. That's some as well, didn't they? I, not that year. They may have done it another year. But we ended up going to um, Edronians and Bohemians in Dublin, which was completely insane for Sutton to be playing um, in, in my Dublin um, so uh, so there is little things they could do to just mix it up a little bit but yeah I, I, I do get why people are sort of a bit anti the, the under 23s because as you say it's we had Crystal Palace under 23s and at first you're kind of like, oh it's, yeah it's Crystal Palace it's a big club but it was it, it literally was men against boys and I think we won 3-0 but yeah it didn't really add much to the game no, um, I mean, we've, we, 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 we've beaten Liverpool Manchester United, Manchester City, Leeds, Leicester, I think, in recent years, with our reserves. So you think, well, what, what, what's it actually achieving? Yeah, but it's 10 grand per win, so... Uh, absolutely. Some, some yeah. fans are delighted with that. <laughs> we, yeah. We're sitting there going, 10 grand, yeah, you'll have that. Thank you very much, cheers, no worries. So what do you think about the game on Saturday? Where, 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 uh, where do you think it's going to go? Have you got a prediction? Well, I don't do well, predictions, it's so it's rude, but... Well, it's interesting um, because last night we played a different system. We've been playing one up front. And and for much of the season, we've been playing with one striker, a guy called Elliot Nevitt, who is literally learning how to play in the Football League because he played for a team called Warrington Rylands, who I think are the in the ninth or tenth tier. He scored a hat-trick at Wembley in the FA Vars final last season when when they won that. Uh, And Tranmere have signed him. And he's, he's working really hard winning balls in the air, but he's only scored one goal um, in the league against Salford. And I don't necessarily think that's his uh, fault because I don't think he's had many chances to score goals. Tramner have not been creating too many. Uh, Last night against Oldham, uh, they played a different formation. They played with three strikers. They played with Nicky Maynard and they also played with Stephen Walker, who's on loan from from Middlesbrough. Uh, Josh Hawkes has been a really good player for Tramner on loan from Sunderland. He's injured at the moment. And they played Paul Glatzel, 
uh, this guy they've got from Liverpool, 19 years of age, and, and I think he could be a really good player. Scored two excellent goals last night, made the other for Maynard. And if Mickey Mellon is bold and plays two up front, you could face a very different team to the one that Tramier have been turning out in recent weeks when it's not really been working. They've had a few wins, but the, the goals have dried up. Hawks got injured, and I think they have to try something different. And I think that if Mickey Mellon is bold and, and plays two strikers up front, I'm optimistic we could get three points because I, I, we have been pretty strong at home. We've, only, we've lost twice at home, but won all the others. And we've only picked up, I think, six or seven points away from home so far this season. So I, I think it'll be an interesting game because, as you say, playing Tranmere for Sutton is not that exciting because you played us in recent years. And, and, and the same goes uh, for Tranmere as well. That, that there's not a huge unknown quantity there because we, we, we've been down to Gander Green Lane on a couple of occasions and you've been to Prenton Park. But I think both teams need a victory to maybe just give them a bit more momentum heading towards Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's, it's going to, it's going to, I hope, well, last time I said it's going to be a great game. We played Walsall and it was a, a, an awful game. I know we lost. And that's not why it was awful, but it was just an awful game. But hopefully it's going to be a good game and hopefully we both go on to have excellent seasons. I will wrap it up there. Thank you very, very much. You've been really, really wonderful. Some great insight on Tranmere there. Thanks, Mike. Good luck. Thanks a lot. And that wraps up another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Sorry the cough seems to be getting worse, not better. I don't understand that after this many weeks. But still, there we go. The recording levels um, were a bit all over the place this week and I didn't really have an awful lot of time to sort it all out. So A, we've gone on for a little bit longer than normal and some of it might be a bit difficult. I've tried my very, very best. I do apologise. Thank you to all my guests for their time. It's been really interesting and they've provided a lot of insight for us. Thanks to Mark, to Bruce and to Nigel. Hope you have a great weekend and everyone who's travelling is safe and well and enjoys Tranmere. Bring back the free points, please. Thank you very much. As usual, if you have any feedback, my socials are at Sutton Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Or you can drop me an email anytime at suttonpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.